Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. I love video games. I've loved them for over 30 years and wait, I'm, I'm only 30. What's, oh, this is Scott's script. Well, much like Scott, I also bloody love video games through all their messy glory and wonderful imperfections. Although you do notice some things throughout the years that you're surprised are still issues that are persisting. I'm talking about the kinds of things we really thought would have been addressed by now and yet continue to undermine even the most fantastic gaming experiences. On the reality of social media and our combined online presence, where hashtags focus fandoms for better or worse, there's no shortage of places to look to see what needs to happen going forward. I'm Jess from What Culture, and here are nine things no video game can get right. Number nine, control and story recaps after a long break. Have you ever tried dipping back into a gargantuan 200 hour RPG after taking a year off? It is nigh on impossible to remember where you were going, who needed killing and why, or even how your inventory works. To remedy this, games really could do with a refresher mode, not unlike the Animus loading screens from Assassin's Creed, where our characters exist out of the game altogether, and you can calmly get reintroduced to whatever the hell you were doing. Bizarrely, Swery's deadly premonition almost got this right, giving you a story-based recap that details that game's murder mystery plot up to that point. That said, it's still a far cry from being something that would enable you to catch up with the likes of Skyrim, The Witcher, or any of the Persona games. When a game's story is stretched over tens of hours, sometimes hundreds of hours, its plot beats designed to raise and lower tension, create suspense, etc. across potentially months of play, there needs to be something that remedies the fact that we all have lives. Number 8. You never know if you can pause a cutscene. Why is this still a thing? In this, the year of our Lord, 2021, for some reason, during a cutscene in a video game, you still don't know if pressing a button is going to pause it or skip the whole thing and then you have no idea what happened. At this stage, it's going to need a public service announcement at the next major console reveal event. A real and going forward, we pledge to ensure that hitting this button will always pause a cutscene rather than skip it. Cue rapturous applause from all of us who accidentally skipped during a pivotal plot point as gameplay resumed on your former best friend now lying dead on the floor. What happened? We'll never know. If only the universal cutscene skipper existed, all that pain could have been avoided. Oh, and while we're on the topic, let's lay off that giant flashing skip button on cutscenes as well. It really devalues the cutscene and makes us think you just want us to hurry into the gameplay. Cool? Cool. Number seven, dialogue options that don't signpost obvious story paths. 
When Mass Effect first came onto the scene, it was exciting just thinking about being able to talk to NPCs. Seeing Bioware's revolutionary dialogue system in the preview stage felt like the next step towards video game interaction, of active storytelling in a medium. Then we hit launch, and while the first two Mass Effects are a blast to engage with when it comes to dialogue, they still siphon all their conversation paths into very obvious places on screen. The left-hand side of the wheel is ancillary additional information you don't really need, and the next story-based choice will be on the right. Paragon or good choices are up the top, bad or renegade options are down the bottom every time. Whilst this totally works for gamifying conversation, it takes away from what it should mean to navigate a thorny back and forth with an imposing character, or do anything other than go for the obvious choice. Mass Effect Andromeda attempted to remedy this by putting your answers into buckets based on emotion, but as that game's writing and throughline narrative was terrible, it didn't work. The Witcher 3 highlighted the next plot point in yellow, Fallout 4 was too vague with its sarcasm option, and even something like Alpha Protocol fell back on umbrella topics over what you wanted to say. Many have come close, but no game has been able to nail that unpredictable human chemistry of a damn good conversation. Number 6. Player Choice when player choice really came on the scene across the 2000s, in genres other than RPGs anyway, we all rejoiced. Now we'd have so much more agency in the actions on screen. Maybe we'd be given the chance to take out a story-critical character and then the rest of the narrative would have to bend and contort to our whim. David Cage made his fortune off the back of this idea, and even GTA 4 got in on the action, giving you a handful of 50-50 points across the story, where Nico could spare or kill characters. It got as overblown as The Witcher 2, where, and props to them for such an idea, Set a Project Red practically coded two completely different games, then gave you a choice at the beginning as to which one you wanted to see. Now, maybe all this seems impressive, but for many, choices never work in games because of three clashing ideologies. Do you make a decision based on what you think your character would do, what you would do, or what you want to see going forward narrative or gameplay-wise? It's why something like GTA 4's choice to kill Dwayne or Playboy X will never be as powerful as the illusion of choice given at the close of The Last of Us, where Joel takes over, kills the surgeons, and saves Ellie anyway. The fact we're forced to reconcile with his actions cements the character and the agency of the player simultaneously. But at least for me, any game with a literal this or this choice never truly works. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Number five, first person stealth. It just never feels right, you know? Going first person with stealth always brings about the same issue. It's just really hard to get a good sense of what's around you, which, uh, if you've played stealth in any games, is kind of important. After Metal Gear Solid perfected stealth on the PS1 with the help of a radar system showing you enemy positions and their field of view, it almost feels like it should be a genre standard. Even Assassin's Creed and Batman Arkham's vision modes can only show you so much info through an existing perspective. And again, it gets in the way of why the genre is so much fun empowerment through careful dismantling of an enemy force. Titles like Dishonored, Far Cry, Thief, they're the topmost recommended first-person stealth games, but all three feel needlessly awkward when put up against the Metal Gears, Splinter Cells, and Hitmans of this world. Compare the ease of hiding in a bush in Assassin's Creed or Horizon to the vision-obscuring cackness of Far Cry or Dishonored. It was probably an attempt to pair what was a really big genre, that is stealth games, with this 2000s obsession with first person, but it kind of ends up being a mess almost every time. Number four, masking loading times with crevice sections. Hopefully this will go away as we move into an era where everyone's systems come complete with solid state drives. New hard drives that nigh on eliminate loading by accessing an entire game at all times. But as for now, developers' attempts to mask loading has resulted in one thing. A bunch of really slow-moving crevice sections. You know the ones? The really, really slow shimmy? That's all. You're coming up to the close of an arena of enemies and suddenly all roads lead to two rock faces with just a body's width of space in between. Sometimes it's the horizontal version of this and your character has to awkwardly crouch crawl their way through as the game frantically tries to load the next area on the other side. There's a notable one in the otherwise immaculate God of War where down in Helheim, a realm of ice walls and oversized creatures, Kratos has to hunker down into a Z-shaped corridor seeing nothing but blue so both sides of the environment can coexist. Now obviously it's a minor miracle we've gotten this far and it's not that bad, but it is one, really obvious, and two, not necessarily more engaging just because we're pushing a joystick forward. Number three, climbing mechanics forever boiled down. Speaking of action adventure games, when's the last time you actually enjoyed a climbing section? Potentially also used as a way to mask loading, the vast majority since Uncharted and Assassin's Creed perfected how to dominate vertical spaces over a decade ago boil down to pressing a direction and jumping every now and then. No weight distribution, no sense of peril or danger, just jump up, jump up, can't go up, go to the side, up, side, up. You're at the top, victory, well done. 
Although the older days of Tomb Raider were more awkward thanks to pixel-perfect jumps or instant death, at least climbing came with a sense of genuine achievement. For the most part, the AAA Spaces approach to having climbing sections reduces them down to an automatic path, requiring minimum input as you plainly go from A to B, mostly just taking in the scenery. There are games like Grow Home and Heave Ho that are indies which have shown that climbing can be so much more, but it's still something we'd love to see more in those AAA titles too. Number two, first-person platforming. I'm sure I'm on record somewhere for how much I deeply loathe first-person platforming. Seriously, the closest it came to being remotely enjoyable was Mirror's Edge, but even that was largely saved by a killer aesthetic, awesome lead character, and the parkour boom of the time. Follow-up Mirror's Edge Catalyst highlighted the limitations of trying to force a first-person perspective into something with lots of running, jumping, and combat, and both titles are cult classics at best. Look at the other titles that randomly resort to first-person platforming, though, and it's mostly a bunch of duds. The sections of Deus Ex Human Revolution where you have to mantle on top of dumpsters to get into apartments, Metroid Prime's attempts at platforming, Half-Life for the same, even Doom Eternal intersperses the reason you play a Doom game with pole swings, grappling, and mid-air boosts. None of these examples are outright terrible, and again, Mirror's Edge is remembered fondly enough. But no games that included first-person platforming made you think they were utterly essential, or especially recommendable. It's more, phew, I got through that, and hopefully there's not too much more of it. Number 1. Seamless In-Game Achievement Tracking The biggest of props to Microsoft for one-upping Sony and adding a console-level achievement tracker to the Xbox One in 2017. It's a damn good start to what I'm getting at, and lets you pick various achievements to display in-game, using a transparent window so you can play and track them in real time. However, obviously, this particular example is platform-specific. But second, it's a multi-stage process that isn't helped by the Xbox One's stilted menu animations. The solution is to better encourage developers to include actual HUD options that can get those achievements right in front of you while you're still in-game. Make them as obvious a feature as any other HUD tweak, like brightness, minimap display, subtitles, etc. So many titles had their own makeshift in-game lists already, too. Gears of War, Resi Revelations, Cuphead, Shovel Knight, yet they're called milestones or perks, tied to achievements and trophies, but resigned to pause menus or main menus. Let us place trophies or achievements on screen while we play, fighting game moveless style, and work through them in real time. Varying open world combat encounters by encouraging different loadouts or strategies, asking you to finish all four corners of the map or brew a specific potion. Literally anything that encourages players to be able to see everything that's been designed in a particular game would be better for the game creators and better for us. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.